This is Andy Perora for Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm delighted to be joined by Matchroom's main man this weekend, Frank Smith here in Milton Keynes. Frank, first and foremost, how are you doing? I'm very good, mate. Better than Eddie at the minute, to be honest. Uh, he's, uh, actually, he feels all right, he's, but he's, he's not happy because he's stuck up in his room, in a spare room in his house for 10 days. And I don't think he's allowed out of the room at all, so I think he's just getting some food delivered to his door each night and you know him as well as anyone he, he loves talking so he's going to be he's been on the phone non-stop he's going to just constantly be just trying to ring people because he, he loves talking he's going to you know and I think because he's not feeling bad he's just like he's there he's sort of like right what should I do now he, re he texts me after at 8am the morning after so he left the hotel at I don't know 10 11pm something like that he texts he text at 8am how many hours has it been <laughs> so that's no, uh Hopefully he's all, he's all good, but everything everything's okay with him so far. It's good to hear. Now, obviously, let's just go back to that. As you've touched on it um, at the beginning of this interview, obviously it came out as on Wednesday, so two days ago, that Eddie tested positive for COVID-19. I believe that's the first Thursday. case. Was it Thursday? Oh, Thursday. Eddie tested positive for COVID-19. It was the first case that Matt Trims had um, test positive. Just kind of what was your reaction to it? Because I know that you and Eddie got tested at similar times. Yeah, no, I, um, so I came here, yeah, we came Thursday. I arrived about an hour before him. I got mine and went to the room and uh, was sitting there waiting. And we've got... Some... This was Wednesday, wasn't it? Because, yes, wait. Oh, yeah. Sunday, Saturday yeah, today. Yeah. Show's Sunday. Sunday night show. So, uh, yeah, I'm sitting in my room waiting for the results. And they come through, like, one by one. Something like, as they're ready, basically. So I'm screenshotting and I'm like, Ross, you're all right. So Ross Garrity works with us. Ross, you're clear. Then mine came through. I went, me, all clear. And then about 15 minutes later, Eddie's comes through and it's positive. And I ring him, I go, right. He's like, no, don't, don't fucking wind me up. He's like, no, mate, you're positive. He's like, no, you're winding me up. I was like, I swear to God, you're positive. He was like, oh, shit. But the thing is with him, is every test he has done, even during fight camp, every week, and I think I get, I think everyone gets it. Before you go in, you go, I think I've got it, because it's just that, you know, psychologically in your head. I was like, mate, a load of rubbish. He did about seven tests during fight camp, didn't have it, and then this week he's actually, uh, yeah, he's come down with it. So um, different. Who, who would have expected it as well? We've done, we've, I think it's strange because the board across all of the shows have probably done about fifteen hundred tests now, you know, along with ours, and. Uh, they had four obviously earlier in the week and then Eddie so you know it's obviously background and you know we've got to follow all of our policies health and safety policies that everyone worked very hard to put in place but um, you know, we got him straight out PPE'd up straight in his car all the way back home on his own. The responsibility obviously falling into yourself then to tell Eddie that he tested positive um, how did that conversation go what exactly was said between the pair of you? Like I say I rang him he went you're winding me up I said no he went oh for fuck's sake and uh, he went right he said what shall I do so we got the security got him dropped all a load of a load of, there's different levels of PPE obviously so we got him dropped the heavy duty stuff down to his room they leave he puts it all on we clear the hallways he leaves out the lift and drives home on his own so yeah it was a, it was a quick process he was out out the door within about half an hour on the back of Eddie's positive test what were you guys kind of then thinking or doing to try and appease anybody's worries or 
what was there any kind of extra factors that you guys had to take into consideration at all? Uh, look, you know, everyone here has been tested. Everyone stays within isolation until a point where they're cleared. Um, you know, we've obviously, everyone's been wearing masks all around the hotel at all times. There's, there's sanitary points everywhere for your uh, for hand sanitizer. Um, you know, and we've got the, not only the board's medical team, but we've also worked with, the, across all of our sports, uh, our own medical team as well to ensure that the processes are in place. So anyone who was concerned, you know, they could, they could talk to us about it and we could run through the processes we have in place. But I think, as I say, everyone else in the bubble was tested negative. Um, so, you know, so far, all is good. We've got some more people coming in today who are testing currently. Again, they will follow the same process, go to their room, isolate. Some people don't really understand the concept of the bubble. And they say, how does someone get COVID in the bubble? It's like, well, they have to test at some point and enter the bubble at some point. So that is the process of you arrive at the hotel, you go straight into testing, t do your test. You're then told to go straight to your room. You're given a room key. You go straight to your room and you stay in your room until we tell you your results whenever they come in, whatever that period of time is later, whether it's 12, 24 hours. Um, and then you can't leave until that point. So that's why the bubble is there, because if you do get it, you then have to go straight out. Let's move forward on to the reason we're in Milton Keynes, Frank. I've actually been past Milton Keynes many a time on the train. Have you actually ever stopped by Milton Keynes yourself? I, I will be completely honest. I've never stopped at Milton Keynes until about four weeks ago when I came here for a meeting. But it's a, uh, well, we haven't seen much of it. So you could be anywhere. This is kind of the thing I'm going through at the minute is anywhere we do a show could be anywhere because we are literally stuck in about our bedrooms and then three or four other rooms that we use for various things. So, but yeah, Milton Keynes looks lovely from outside the windows. Just that window there. Certainly does. Unfortunately, outside mine, I've got a McDonald's and a KFC staring at me, which isn't doing me any favours, Frank. But, as long as you don't order. That's amazing. thing, yeah, I've seen a few people ordering. Um, obviously, we're here for the fights on Sunday night, not Saturday night. Um, Joshua Boatsy returns. It's been over a year since he's been in the ring. What are you actually expecting from Josh on Sunday night, Frank? No, look, I think he's been, you know, as you say, long time out of the ring. Supposed to box at the end of November last year on the, oh, sorry, beginning of November on the Katie Taylor undercard in Manchester. Pulled out of there for injury. And then, obviously, we've had the, the, the COVID situation, so... Um, I think he's stayed fit, you know, he's been training hard, he feels sharp, he, he looks good, as always, he looks good, he's a, he's a true professional. So, you know, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting fight for him. Kalic, I don't think, will be a complete, an easy touch, you know, he's a big, 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 big guy. Um, and, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Boatsy back in there, because I truly believe he's one of the brightest hopes we have for the next three, four, five, six years, you know, in, in that generation of fighter, you know, he's already, um, he's already run, won a WBA title and now he wants to move on to those world honours. So I think in the next year or so, you're really going to see him step on. Naturally, there's always talk when uh, Joshua Boatsy's name is mentioned with Anthony Yards and that fight potentially happening down the line. Provided everything goes to plan for Joshua tomorrow night, is it a matter of he needs to face somebody like a Callum Johnson or a Sullivan Barrera just to kind of get that feel for somebody who, in their cases, have fought at world level before, just to see where Josh is at or what is the plan after Sunday? Yeah, no, look, I think with so much time out the ring, we need to now keep him busy. So the plan is he fights on Sunday and then he gets straight back out on the December AJ undercard, which, you know, we're due to announce soon. Um, and that's the thing, you know, I think in the past he's probably 
had a little bit too much time in between fights, but it's always been our aim to keep him active, and it will be it'll be good to keep him busy. At, you know, two fights before the end of the year, and then as you say, step on to those big fights into 2021 as well. You know, I do believe the December fight will be a, a tough test for him, um, but he's ready to face anyone. You speak to him, he'll fight Anthony Yard tomorrow. He believes he'll beat them, and so do I. Um, but you know, we've got to progress his career at the right pace. Um, but you know, he's not far off those fights. You know, you look at similar to the, I think, to the likes of like when AJ fought Dillian White. It's a similar sort of position of their career. You know, obviously Yard has fought for the world title, done it. You know, did a great job, didn't get the win, but you know, really went out there and proved himself. But I, I do believe it's that that level of fight, and it can, it can come round, and I'm sure I'm sure both guys want it. We've seen a lot of quality fights being announced now, whether it be between yourselves or Frank Warren. Um, that can happen now behind closed doors. With that in mind, he's about between Joshua Boatze and Anthony Yard. Yeah, it would be huge, and I'm sure O2 would sell out like that. But is it something that needs to have a crowd, or could it happen behind closed doors now? I've got to be honest, by the time that fight comes around, I, I really do hope we are allowed crowds, to be honest, because I don't think it's, gonna, it's not going to happen this year, being completely honest. Um, you know, and I think it can happen, can happen in 2021. And I hope, I hope for all of us there's crowds back because, you know, we all need it, not just in boxing, but across all sports and all everyone in the entertainment business. You need crowds back. We need to get it back up and running. So I'd be hopeful that it's, that it's there. Speaking absolute worst case, we've seen with the fights that have been announced recently, any fight can go on behind, behind closed doors. So if that's what we have to deal with, that's what we have to deal with. But the aim is to try and get crowds in as soon as possible. Let's work through this card very quickly, Frank. Just a couple of things I want to touch on away from it. Um, Akib Fiaz versus Kane Baker, a fight which meant to happen in fight camp, but Akib pulling out for illness. I've asked a few people this. Because of what happened previously and the back and forth they've had between each other, do you feel that the extra needle there now will make for a more interesting fight? Maybe the pair of them will stand and trade a little more than what we would have expected to see if the fight had gone ahead in fight camp? Yeah, I think it's going to be a very exciting fight. I also think at this stage of his career for Akib, it's important to have this sort of grudge. Because you don't normally get it early on. You know, normally as you're building your way up through your career, it's like, you know, we bring in opponents, sometimes foreign opponents, don't speak English. You can't have that sort of connection and that, and that sort of grudge between the two of them. So I think this is important for him to actually deal with the emotion side of it, of someone going for him and saying things. And, you know, we did a gloves are off yesterday, which I'm sure will come out. Um, so I think that's, that's very important for him as, it, as he progresses. And I think it's a good fight for him. It'll be good, good, good to see where he is in his career. And I believe, I believe he gets the win, but Kane Baker's no easy touch. Chantel Cameron versus Adriana Araujo. Uh, Adriana missing weight quite by quite some distance today. Um, Adam Smith said that he wasn't surprised by that because of the check weight results earlier in the week. What are your thoughts on it, and what do you think is going through Chantal's mind, knowing that there's going to be such a, a big difference heading into their bout tomorrow night? Yeah, obviously, you know, we the board set check weights throughout, you know, a period to ensure fighters are making weight safely. The key with all of this is to ensure the safety of all fighters, and that has to be absolutely paramount for everything. Um, the board set a ruling that she couldn't weigh under 145 pounds due to the weight that she had weighed as she, you know, as per the check weight she had done. So. She had to follow that, that guideline. Um, and, you know, I think Chantelle Cameron understands. She knew what was going on. She wasn't in the dark about it. She understood. And, you know, fair play to Chantelle. She's, she wants to take the fight. This is her opportunity to win a world title, and she believes she got go out there and do the job. Um, but, you know, it's not ideal, but it's one of those things. And, we, as I say, it's absolute safety of fighters is key here. Chantal's made it clear and obvious that she'd love to face Katie Taylor down the line. Certainly she wanted it um, when Katie's 
rematch with Delphine Pursuing was announced. She said she was even running for that, but obviously she never got it then. Do you think we could see Chantel Cameron versus Katie Taylor, provided Sunday was to go to plan for Chantel? It could be a fight down the line for sure. You know, Chantel, this is a big night for her, win the world, you know, go out there, win the world title. Um, and I'm sure have some defences through there, from there, build up her name. You know, she's a, she's a great character and she can build a great profile from here as well once she wins the world title. But, you know, that's definitely a fight for down the road. There's so many exciting fights within the female, within female box now especially around those divisions so lots can happen in the next two years or so and it's, it's you know i'm looking forward to it return of a savage tomorrow night as well to the uk shores savage. it depends on what you want to call him because i saw him doing his interview with sky earlier and when adam introduced him as alan alan turned around and said alan's not here anymore it's just for savage so <laughs> it depends on what you'd like to call him but yes the return of the savage everybody knows what to expect from him but what should we expect in noel kennedy I think Niall Kennedy is a great test for this, this stage of his career. You know, he's had some big fights, Niall Kennedy. Um, he's a huge lump, as we saw up there on the scales. And I, think, I don't think he's, gonna, he's not going to have Alan walk, walk over him. Um, Alan had a great win against Shondell Winters, who just prior to that, or you know, back in February, had fought Joseph Parker and had gone a bit further with him. So just, that, that's good for Alan's career to show that he's going in the right direction, the kind of people he's in there. And you know, he, did a, he did a great job on Shondell Winters. So... Um, it's going to be interesting from here because once, you know, if he gets the win against Niall Kennedy tomorrow night, um, there's some big fights for him, especially in the heavyweight division. You know, there's huge fights out there. But Niall Kennedy's in the same position. As I was walking down the stairs earlier, pa Pascal Collins, his trainer, said to me, once we beat this guy, have you got some big fights for us? All he needs to do is win this fight and then there's huge nights out there for him. You know, you only need one or two, two big wins in the heavyweight division to step up and then a big fight down the road. So exciting. Alan, just to go back to him, he's called out pretty much every heavyweight you could think of um, since That's his victory. Philip yeah, Philip Ergovic was the name I was going to come on to. Obviously, Philip's uh, had a, a new bout announced on one of the USA shows that you announced yesterday. Um, but when could we, if ever, do you think we could see a Babic versus Ergovic clash? Two Croatians, I imagine that would be a, a big event for Croatian fans tuning in. Massive fight for Croatia, and that, and you know that's one as well we need to build. You know, Filip Hergovic is probably a little bit further down the line in his career. Um, he's fighting Rydell Booker on November seventh, as you say, um, and you know that is definitely a fight that can be made. But I think the way you know, Philip would look at it and go, right, I've fought ten rounders. You know, I'm I'm, I'm in this position. I've got the WBC international title, etc. And Alan Savage or Babic, whatever he wants to be known as on whatever day. Um, has, got, has still got work to do to get to that stage. But I do think in, I think that fight's maybe a year and a half away, and it could be massive for Croatia. I think they both they, they both take it, but Philip's probably looking and saying, right, I've, I'm probably a little bit ahead in my career right now, and I've got some, you know, he's up there in the governing bodies, and that's what Alan needs to go and do as well. Just to move away from this card, Frank, as I said to you at the beginning, just a few things I wanted to touch on. I'm sure you'd have heard it, Tyson Fury on TalkSport the other day talking about... Um, he kind of doesn't know where the land lies with his Deontay Wilder about and he's kind of climbing up the walls himself waiting to hear news on that and confirmation of it. He said that if it doesn't happen, he wants to fight back home in the UK and he mentioned your boy Anthony Joshua's name. I know AJ is scheduled and penciled into face Pulev, but nothing official announced on it yet. Is there any chance that all that, that fight could happen? This year? If you ask me, I think it's completely impossible. You know, we've been planning. We, we, we can't let anything else stop and halt AJ's career. So Dillian White has been due to, uh, sorry, not Dillian White, Deontay Wilder has been due to fight 
uh, Tyson Fury in their rematch. That's always been the plan. I'm not sure what's going on there. We're not a party to those conversations. We've got to focus on AJ's career. And AJ's next step is his mandatory fight against Kubrat Pulev. Um, but I definitely think the Joshua Fury fight is there to be made and it will be, you know, everything will be put, put to bed for next year, 100%. AJ's got to get through the Pulev fight um, at the end, you know, in December, which we'll announce soon. Um, but, you know, I think it's more Tyson Fury will be frustrated with Deontay Wilder that that fight hasn't been made. Again, I don't know what the situation is there because I can't really speak on that. Um, but, you know, I'm sure they will figure something out for him for, for the end of the year. What do you make of kind of Deontay's silence about the rematch? We've seen Tyson very vocal over social media and in various interviews about it. Deontay hasn't kind of been putting himself out there. What do you make of that? Maybe he's just waiting until the press conference. Maybe he's saving it all up for when he sees him. Who knows? Um, he's, a, he's a very outspoken character, isn't he, Deontay Wilder? So, yeah, it's strange for him to, to go completely quiet. But I can't see, personally, my view, I can't see him giving up on his opportunity to win back the belt that he previously held. I, d I can't see how he'd turn it down, but who knows. Deontay split from his co-trainer, Mark Breland, as well. Just a game, what you make of that? Obviously, quite a while, while away from when they had their second fight. Yeah, I mean, look, it's been a long... What's it been now? Eight months, nearly? Seven, eight months, almost. Um, so I think everyone expected it at the time. I think he came out at the time and said, no, he wouldn't split with him. But things change, don't they, over time? So you know, I'm sure he's made a decision that he feels is right for him. I think that um, Mark Breland did the right, made the right call on the night, but who am I to say? He, he has to be happy with the team around him. So it's interesting that he's made that move now, which kind of shows to me that maybe he's starting the plan to get back up and get back out. Maybe that's why it's coming out now, because maybe all of this is for a build-up for what's to come. just want to touch on a couple of things with regards to fights which you've got coming up. You've got the Usyk Chisora fight, which has just been announced. Joshua Pulev, you're expecting an announcement soon. Because of the level of fights there and how big of a fight the pair of those fights are, how, what were the difficulties that you guys had to overcome or obstacles that those fights kind of possessed in comparison to, say, the Bawati Challenge card or what you had to go through for a fight camp? Look, I think everything is easy for everyone to see now. It's very difficult for any business out there, you know, not just in out what the industry we work in. Um, but you have to adapt and you have to make things work. You can't just sit still and wait for things to happen because if we did that, then we'd still be, we'd have no shows by now. You know, everyone thought this whole thing would be over within a couple of months back in February, March. No one expected it to go this long and it's, you know, it's, not, going, it's not going away just yet. Um, so I think a key thing as well is the people we work with, the teams, the fighters, you know, everyone has to be willing to understand the position we're in and, and fair play to them all. You know, you mentioned there Usyk Chisora. That's a fight where both, all, all parties involved said, no, we've got, we got to make it happen. And we all work together to make it happen. Same with Joshua Pulev. And, uh, you know, White Povetkin's exactly the same. White took a bigger risk with his August 22nd show as well on, on that card there. So, you know, um, I think all things considered, everyone's worked really well together and, and to get it into the place we are now. So... Um, and hopefully the fans are happy with what we delivered. We've got a lot of shows it, we're building up to, and we've got a few more shows still to announce. So it's an exciting schedule to end the year with, especially off the back of where we've been. I didn't, really didn't think we'd be seeing what, we're, you know, what we've got lined up. Do you want to touch on the Matchroom USA shows and something with regards to the television rights? We haven't seen a UK broadcaster announced for that. Can you just fill us in as to why? Yeah, no, we're just still working. I think you spoke to Adam Smith about it as well. You know, 
Sky have a budget of shows they want to work towards. Obviously, these shows coming in at two, three, four in the morning, we work closely with them. Um, and yeah, they're currently just all, all planned for, for, for Design USA. Um, and I'm sure news will follow in due course. But you know, we work closely with Sky, as you know, and as, as Adam said there, we always discuss all shows. Um, and we have to focus on what's most important right now. And obviously, you know, getting the lights of Buatzi, getting the big shows back up for running is very important for Sky, and that's what we're working closely on. Just a final thing on those, just to touch on the headline fights, Jacobs, Rosado and Haney Gamboa, decisions behind making those two? I think Jacobs, Rosado will be a great fight. You know, Rosado, um, you look at what his fight against Selecki on the show, he, he always brings entertainment. There's a huge grudge match between those two guys. They absolutely hate each other. Um, and I think you're going to see an absolute war on the night, personally. Um, and Haney Gamboa, I think Gamboa's a, a, a good guy for him to go in with. Uh, uh, sorry, Gamboa is a good guy for Haney to go in with at this stage of his career. Um, and, you know, it will just show the level he's at as well. Uh, Gamboa coming back, obviously, from an injury uh, in his last fight. He's a, he's a real tough guy, and I think that, that's going to be a great fight as well. So I'm excited for, the, for both of those. We've got a lot, of, you know, a lot of things planned for the undercard as well, getting all our young, young stars back out as well. So lots, uh, lots to look forward to. Got Italy in October 23, got the big Mexico show October 23. Um, big card being announced soon for mid-November, another one for the end of November. So lots to look forward to for all fight fans. And, you know, I hope everyone's happy with what we're putting together. Well, Frank, we will leave that there. I'll hopefully see you doing some form of karaoke late this evening, like no, 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 sort of fight no, no. camp. Kar karaoke. <laughs> fight, camp was the, uh, fight camp was the crazy karaoke. This is just, you know, we're going to be nice and relaxed. Well, Frank, I'll certainly catch up with you later on. Appreciate your time and thanks for Boxing thanks, Social. Mate. Cheers. <laughs>